This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, I'm Chong Jensen and this is The Breakfast Grill. Volvo Cars, the Swedish automaker which is owned by China's Geely Group, was bought from Ford more than 10 years ago at 1.8 billion US dollars. It was successfully listed on the Stockholm stock market in October of 2021. The IPO was seen as instrumental to help it realise its global goal of being fully electric by 2030. Locally in Malaysia, we have seen more consumers embrace the brand where Volvo Car Malaysia delivered a total of 3,194 vehicles last year, which represents a 43% increase from 2021. Joining us in the studio is Charles Frum, and he's Managing Director of Volvo Car Malaysia. Thank you for joining us this morning. Charles, analysts have described the Geely Volvo merger as one of the most successful mergers in the auto industry. Can you help us understand how Geely has actually transformed the company and how much has been invested? Sure, Jensen. First, uh, thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, you know, I've been with the company for quite a long time. I've been, I, w- I was working with the company when we were with Ford and when we were with the Geely. And I think primarily the biggest difference is 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 culture, right? I, I, Geely has really allowed Volvo to be Volvo. It's a very uh, Swedish company at its core. Uh, we still, even internally, do all of our uh, uh, measurements and profits in Swedish kroner. And really, I think that that they've really unleashed the uh, the, the brand and allowed us to, to, to develop our own powertrains, develop our own cars, develop our own unique design style uh, based around our Swedish heritage. So it's uh, been, from from my view, nothing short of a, a huge success. And the value add has been reflected in Volvo's IPO, where it was listed on Nasdaq's top home, the Sweden Stock Exchange, at a market cap of $18 billion in October of 2021. But the value has since doubled. How important was the IPO to help realize Volvo fully electric strategy well I think it's it's a pretty natural step I, I think that we are in, you know a, a global company and and you know this is more of a question probably for Geely than than for Volvo but you know certainly the the, the cooperation between our two companies has been fantastic and the IPO I think unlocks some some potential value to to, to reinvest in the company and particularly reinvest in our electric future Volvo has also vowed to become fully electric electric car maker by 2030, sell 600,000 electric vehicles by the mid of this decade and build a European battery gigafactory in 2026. Where are we in terms of this commitment and how does this impact the Malaysian business? Well, I, I think it's we're, we're well on our way, right? Whether it's uh, globally or or locally here in Malaysia, we, we've launched the, uh, the XC40 uh, Pure Electric, the C40 Pure Electric, both globally and locally. Um, and when we look at being fully electric by 2030 globally we're already looking at being fully being 50 percent electric by 2025 so we have uh, um, that's only a couple of years out in fact with where that comes to Malaysia we're seeing even stronger demand than, than I think globally so we're we're aiming here in Malaysia to be 75 percent electric by only 2025 so that's coming quick like 75 percent by 2025 so you think you'll meet the target of being fully electric in Malaysia by 2030 oh by 2030 I think 
think we'll probably be faster. All right. Okay, that's good to know. So globally, Volvo sold 615,121 vehicles in 2022, which was down 12% compared to 2021. But Malaysia, Volvo Car Malaysia delivered a total of close to 3,200 vehicles last year, a 43% growth year on year. This is a new record high and marks a seven consecutive year of sales growth. What is driving this growth and what are your expectations for this year? Well, first, I think with the global number, you know, certainly this is impacted by supply constraints. You know, the, 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 the lock snap downs we had in China, the Ukraine issues that are going and that did some did constrain the overall supply. I, you know, we still saw very strong demand globally. In Malaysia, I think one of the things that I very much appreciate is that Volvo has prioritized the Malaysia market. So we have our, our uh, assembly operations here. They want to make sure those remain online and strong. So we uh, very much wanted to continue our growth. And I was happy to see and happy to uh, work with headquarters in Sweden to be able to get the cars we needed to, to grow at 43%. So we're tremendously grateful for the support we've gotten and uh, very happy we could uh, could satisfy a number of customers here in Malaysia. Sadly, we still have about three months worth of customers on the waiting list and uh, we're, we're working very hard to get cars out to them as well. Three months. That's a long time to wait. Volvo. It is. It is. We're working <laughs> on getting those cars though. Yeah. And, and, and I think in, in Sweden, they recognize that and continue to, 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 to try and crank up the factories yeah. for us. But I think three months is not so bad compared to some of the other car makers. It's come down from six. So right. I guess that's... <laughs> so Charles, Volvo Cars launched its first fully electric car, the XC40 Recharge in Malaysia in March of 2022. I understand it was fully sold out in June of the same year. The C40 went on sale in December of 2022 and it saw over 100 orders placed online within 10 days of its launch. Are you seeing more customers embrace EVs and how will you achieve the target of 75% of your sales coming from the recharged pure electric lineup by 2025? Absolutely. I, I, it's customer driven, right? I mean, we see more and more Malaysians interested in uh, buying electric cars, um, whether it's the driving performance of those cars or whether it's the environmental statement that they're making. I think both are very important. Um, the, you know, there, there are lots of, uh, I would say, early adopters that, that really the supplies can't yet keep up. Very successful launch of XC40 sold out very quickly. C40 also very successful now, uh, just a, a month in and, and uh, order rate has been fantastic. So yeah, we're very happy to see the strong demand in Malaysia. And what's next in the pipeline? Understand the EX90 will be launching soon in the US? Yeah, I'm, I soon is a bit relative, right? I think this is one of the, we, this, we've this we taken the, the the approach of showing the car quite early prior to production. So um, the US has announced that they'll be taking orders throughout 2023 for delivery in early 2024. When that translates into Malaysia, you know, a, a months and months later. Typically, we follow very quickly from global launches uh, compared to many of our competitors. We plan to do that as well. But exact timing for EX90 coming to Malaysia is uh, still uh, still not uh, defined. I also noticed there have been some um, bigger changes or tweaks made to the XC40 and the C40 recharge, the pure electric models with both receiving an improved range as well as a newer revised powertrain options. Has this 
arrived in Malaysia as well? Those cars have not yet arrived in Malaysia. That those will come in our next model year. However, I must say, so I drive a uh, XC40 full electric, and uh, you know, I, I think try the, the the range is is extremely good, over 300 kilometers per per charge. I've had I'm surprised that I almost never can get down to 50% charge, and so it's always seems beyond my uh, expectations how long these charging cars uh, the, the charging and range lasts. But uh, certainly over time, we're always going to be continuously improving our cars, improving the range, improving performance and, and, and everything that goes with it. So, and we'll be doing that over time. I noticed the really fast cars to zero to 100 in less than five seconds, four plus seconds. That's, yes. that's quite insane, it's, right? They are, they are rocket ships, I must say. And, and the way that they feel, I, I would encourage you and your listeners to come out and try to drive an electric car, whether it's a Volvo or anyone. Just it's a, it's a completely different driving experience. More power, more torque, very linear and very quiet. It's uh, super fun to drive. How has uh, supply chain issues been over the past few months and how has Volvo Car Malaysia been addressing this? I think globally, still a challenge, but improving um, the, you know, the, the chip shortage has affected us over time. Lockdowns in China have affected us over the past year. The war in the Ukraine has also had an impact on our business. But we see all of those areas improving in the first quarter of 2023 and, and hopefully alleviated towards uh, the middle of the year. Uh, I've been very happy uh, that, that Volvo, with our uh, assembly operations here, we want to make sure there's a smooth supply of, of materials to the plant here so we can uh, continue to have a very regular build and high quality build without operational interruptions. They've been able to do that. So I think we've been less uh, impacted by the supply shortages. I think just overall volumes have been haven't been down globally, but we've been prioritized. So that's really one of the things that's helped us fuel the, the local operations have really helped us fuel our growth in 2022. I was wondering, does Volvo Car Malaysia have an internal financing department or is, is this just a tie up with certain banks? We do a tie up with certain banks, right? Globally, this has been our approach. We we don't have a, a central finance organization for, for customer cars. Um, that's something that's, that's, you know, has been discussed over the years. But at the moment, the approach both in Malaysia and uh, globally has been to partner with very strong partners in the local market. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Volvo Car Malaysia has 10 authorized dealers across four cities in Malaysia. I read some stories of someone who couldn't use his XC90 at some point as he was worried that his mileage would exceed the threshold imposed to keep his warranty as he could not get an appointment. Is Volvo Cars Malaysia looking to expand the number of distributors and as well as the 4S centres in Malaysia? So, I, I, first, the, the uh, you know, I, I certainly want people to be able to drive the cars however they want to drive them. And I, I think we have one of the most robust warranty programs in the industry. And if there are concerns about this, people should go and look in the details of our warranty. And I, I can understand that uh, sometimes they're going to reach the limit of that. But, uh, you know, it's, we we offer extended warranty policies and such for those that, that drive extreme amounts of kilometers. As far as our, our, our footprint in Malaysia, you know, we have an extremely strong footprint. And one of the things 
things you might be interested in, in hearing about is that with, you know, as we start to sell more and more cars online, so with C40, we now are selling um, that, that the transaction is done directly with Volvo Car Malaysia. We're seeing online purchase behavior be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. And we see customers willing to drive 30, 40, 50 minutes to buy a new car, right? They typically do go online, do all of their uh, investigations. They know what they want when they get to a dealership. They want to come, they want to test drive it, and then they want to buy it. So the number of, of sales outlets we feel is is becoming less and less important as people are willing to drive. As long as you have great stores, you can come in and have a great experience. People will drive uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes to get there. Where they're less willing to drive is to get their car serviced, right? We want service to be extremely convenient. So that's the area that we're always exploring new possibilities. Uh, we're exploring things on the East Coast of Malaysia. We're looking at service facilities to make sure that we're always maximizing the ease of service for. What is Volvo's strategy in terms of selling pre-owned and pre-registered vehicles? I noticed that Volvo Malaysia controls the secondary prices and market a lot better compared to some of your German competitors. We have to be, we have to be careful when we say control the prices. What I would say is we are very focused on our what we call our select program. Uh, it's S-E-L-E-K-T, uh, branded uh, used car program, pre-owned program. And basically, we work with our dealers to take very high-quality cars, do a full-service uh, check of them, and then we have a manufacturer warranty so that customers have very good peace of mind when they buy a pre-owned car from Volvo. And I think that that, that strategy is working working very well. On the breakfast grill this morning is Charles Frum, Managing Director of Volvo Car Malaysia. When we come back, we will speak to him about his views on Malaysia's EV strategy, expectations for Budget 2023 and its branding strategy, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat is Charles Frum, Managing Director of Volvo Car Malaysia. Before the break, we spoke on the global IPO and fully electric strategy, sales target in 2023 and new launches in the pipeline. Charles, Volvo has definitely shed its image over the more recent years of being a more matured person's choice of a vehicle. Personally, I've seen some of the young generation opt to buy Volvos now as compared to the German marks. Was there a conscious effort to make this shift and how was it achieved? Absolutely, there's a conscious shift. And and I think that, um, you know, we're, when we look at our product lineup, uh, especially in the past years, these are cars that are extremely unique. And I think especially from uh, both an exterior and interior design strategy, it's it's a clear departure from our German competitors. Uh, we have a very Scandinavian design approach, simplicity, form follows function that I think that, that, that purity of design is something that customers very much respond to. And when we're talking about uh, newer, younger customers. I think that that now they're they're looking. They've probably gone out and buy, bought one of the German competitors, and now they're looking to try something new. And and increasingly, increasingly more and more of them are turning to Volvo. And uh, I think we're uh, we're doing quite well with them and, and satisfying. That's good to know. On a related issue, when Geely first took over Volvo in 2010, it probably suffered from the image of being a less European or Swedish brand and more of a Chinese brand. How do you think an 
average consumer views Volvo now? And does parental ownership really matter? Well, I, I think, the, you know, does parental ownership really matter? I think it does, right? I mean, I think you need to, the, the, that the organization needs to be managed in, I think, a very good way. Uh, Geely has done a great job with that. But as I, as I mentioned before, it's done it by letting Volvo be Volvo. And Volvo, Volvo at its heart is a Swedish company. And going closer, if you look at our previous relationships, we, you know, were asked to share platforms. We were asked to, um, you know, I, I think look at a larger global portfolio rather than really getting as true to our customers and true to our Swedish heritage as we could be. And now I think uh, in the past years, all you need to do is look at our cars to see how uh, how Swedish and how beautiful they are. And I think the customers have, have very much responded to that. I agree. The S60 is uh, it's a good looker for sure. Uh, so nice of you to say it. <laughs> for the previous Malaysian budget 2023, which was tabled in October of last year, there were some key incentives such as the fully exemption of import and excise duty for electric vehicles for CBUs, which was extended until 31st of December of next year, 2024. Do you feel this is enough to really kickstart Malaysia's EV initiative? What is really missing? You know, to, to be honest, I do. I, I, I know that when we uh, when when we're on, especially in dealing with the press, it's exciting to, to, to take a few shots at the government. But uh, to be honest, I, I, we have what we need, right? I, I think it, all I'm asking for from the government perspective is consistency, right? Let's let's lay out the, you know, let, let's roll out the incentives as planned. Um, already, we're seeing huge demand for uh, uh, for electric cars. I, we we recently, as you said, they extended the um, the exemption for non CK non CKD cars. You know, we we were ready regardless. We're the first company to start building fully electric cars here in Malaysia. In fact, we're building those cars right now both C40 and XC40 full electrics, not only for the Malaysia market, but we're exporting them to ASEAN markets. And so we've, we've been ready and, and really the government has laid out a good path for us. We know how to follow it. And I think it really enables what, you know, the purpose of, of the legislation and the, the, the purpose of these initiatives are to get people to try and adopt electric cars. And with that, we are seeing tremendous demand and, and I think they're doing a good job on this, to be honest. But do you think the pricing points are not really present? Cars are still quite expensive in the EV range and the infrastructure is really not that uh, progressive or not really present yet? I, I think it depends on the segment, right? I mean, Volvo being in the luxury segment, you know, our, the price of a an electric uh, version of the XC40 is very little different than than the uh, full than the uh, petrol version. So that that gap, and I think that the incentives have allowed that gap to be quite small. Right now, when you get into more mainstream cars, I think there is a challenge. But I, I do think in general that that when it comes to electric luxury cars, will lead the charge here as for for a number of reasons. I'm not sure if you can answer this, Charles. But how important is it then for the national car maker like Proton to be the leader in terms of mass market EV adoption in Malaysia? Yeah, you're right. I, I can't quite answer that one. I, I would ask you to turn to our uh, our, our friends at, 
at uh, Proton. Um, but what I can say is that we at Volvo hope to be a, a, a beacon to show how electric cars can be successful here in Malaysia. We very much aim to push very hard in this direction, bring the very best cars uh, as early as po possible for our Malaysian customers, because I think that adoption of electric cars starts with luxury, primarily because I think uh, as luxury customers, there are advantages um, that maybe non-luxury customers don't have. For example, uh, if you have, if most of our luxury customers have two cars. So if they're taking a long trip to Penang and they're worried they have, you know, uh, range anxiety, they can just take their other luxury car. And perhaps maybe non-luxury customers don't have. Charles, BYD is making its presence globally felt and also in Malaysia, where it announced it will be investing $500 million in Malaysia. The prices for the recently launched the Atto 3 fully electric SUV is priced from $150,000 to $168,000. I realise this is a different pricing point as compared to Volvo Car Malaysia's cars, but should, should Volvo Car Malaysia be a little bit more worried or on your toes with the rise of the Chinese EV players? I think, to be honest, any push towards electrification is, is something that is going to benefit Volvo in the long term. This is, you know, we have committed our company to be fully electric. We are counting on the industry moving to a full electric future. And, you know, I, I think in order for that, that to happen, anytime, any, whether, yeah, whether it's competitors in luxury or, or um, non-luxury areas are adopting electric, to be honest, I see that as very good. I think things that will follow from that when you get some of the mass brands uh, selling full electric, some of the infrastructure that I think those that are not early adopters and willing to take uh, you know, a, a, a bit of a leap of faith are, are are unwilling to do that until they get infrastructure and and you know mass brands coming in uh, will I think make the infrastructure and the the installation of that more profitable for those that we want. And Charles, how can we expect prices of EVs to trend going forward given supply bottlenecks for crucial battery components? How can this be addressed in your view? Yeah, I, I think that it's it's extremely dynamic. I mean, we've seen the the price of electric cars all over the world now fluctuating pretty massively. Um, we see the cost of a lot of the minerals for battery making, particularly lithium, going uh, up and down extremely dramatically in the cost of building these cars. As the industry shifts, I think this will stabilize, but I think we'll see, you know, I, I think over time that stabilizing, but until, until that stabilization, I see prices going up and down very dramatically with supply and demand. Charles, I'm looking at a financial report on Volvo Car Malaysia, Sindran Berhad, which is the marketing and servicing arm. The numbers look impressive, where over the past five-year period from financial year 17 to financial year 21, revenue and net profit numbers have nearly doubled to close to 600 million and 70 million in financial 21. Your net margins are stable at 12%. What drove this strong growth and do you have any targets over the next five years? Well, I, I think any any kind of progress that we have is is down to a, a couple of things. One, I think we've been bringing great products, the very best products in the world to Malaysia um, and then building a dealer network that to deliver those cars with you know a high level of luxury that our customers expect. I really want to 
thank our dealer partners. They are among the best in the industry. You know, I, I've worked in a lot of countries and, you know, they're among the best I've ever worked with. So it's a real privilege. And, and I think that's really one of the keys to our success. I noted also of, of significance is the number of working capital days that have fallen to 65 days from 148 days. What have you been doing right to shorten the working capital cycle? I think in general, I, I you know, I, I, to be honest, I think that that's the, the, the working capital is a little bit low at the moment. I mean, overall, we are running far too thin from where we would like to be. We have customers waiting for cars. I think that we can be um, even more successful with a little bit more flexibility and in, in, in speed and car delivery. So I, I know it looks like a strength on the balance sheet. But to be honest, I would like to get a few more cars, a few more cars on our balance sheet to be able to get customers the cars that they want in a quicker way. And Charles, I'd like to get your macro view on this. Volvo Car signed an agreement with Geely Holdings in 2021 to take over Geely Holdings' stake in joint ventures in China. This will give Volvo Car full ownership of the car manufacturing plants and sales operations operations in China. How significant is the full acquisition of the two Chinese joint ventures? This is probably a little bit out of my purview, but what I will comment on is our overall industrial setup. And, and what I see is that we, we have now fully invested in an electric future. So what we've seen is all investment in developing petrol cars now is moved out of our company. All uh, investment in, in, in in developing uh, non-electric uh, cars now is moving moving out, whether it's a production side or, or R&D side. And I think this is just in line with, with that strategy. On that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Charles from Managing Director of Volvo Car Malaysia, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.